Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special, very happy episode of Uncanny Tracks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. And tonight we are wrapping up Lower Decks Season 4. We are running through the great, the okay, and the dumpster fire. Matt, how the hell are you doing tonight as we look at the end of Lower Decks Season 4? Doing all right, Bob. I'm a little nervous about Lower Decks. Just We'll get to it when we rank the seasons. Fair enough. Well, let's talk yeah, about our classifications. You got some anxieties, and we'll talk about them. We've got our great, or okay, or interesting, or important to the actual season. And we also have our dumpster fire. Is there anything in the dumpster fire this time? Strange about there's nothing in the dumpster fire, and I don't think I would be moving anything to the dumpster fire. It's concerning because there's just a dumpster on fire with nothing in it, but that's okay. We, we can just celebrate what's good and what's okay about the season without talking about a dumpster fire. Bob, you got to look closer at the dumpster fire. All of Prodigy's at the bottom. It's still burning. It's been over a year, and it's still on fire. Oh, oh, look, I see a Save Prodigy hashtag there, too. <laughs> it's like rubber, Bob. It's just going to burn forever. It's going to destroy our lungs if we stand <laughs> close to it. If it doesn't destroy our brains, to be first. First episode, Bob, in the great category was Tuvix. And this was a an homage to Voyager. I was not a huge fan of Voyager. Like, I haven't watched that much Voyager, but I was able to recognize most of the references because they yeah, picked yeah. the popular episodes that most people are familiar with. But there were some oddball things, and you were able to point them out in our coverage of that. I think it was great. Yeah, it was really stacked. Uh, it was honestly more stacked in terms of Voyager references than the DS9 tribute episode from Season 3 was. Definitely. I'm looking forward to a future of Season 5 where uh, Lower Text does Enterprise and Discovery uh, tribute episodes. I think that would be really funny. If um, they do an Enterprise, Bob, I want them to do like they do with Nick Lacarno and have uh, Scott Bakula come back as Sam Beckett. They, they gotta do something like that, right? Don't they? That would be very funny. Even right. if it's just a quick gag. Yeah, just some sort of Quantum Leap reference. Or maybe they could do a full-on Quantum Leap tribute episode, and then you could be in the position I was in for Voyager of translating it to me, who has not seen much <laughs> Quantum Leap. The next show in the great classification was uh, I Have No Bones, Yet I Must Flee, which honestly is mostly there for the title alone. Good title. Uh, this is the one that introduced the cute uh, predator creature, which was like, a pretty good gag. And I don't remember it very well, but I think it's Ransom, Mariner, and some loser go on a menagerie mission. Of course, the Moopsie in the menagerie gets out, and they have to try to avoid the Moopsie. Well, the episode was funny. Yeah, that's what it bulled out. It's just a very funny episode because there were so many gags with the different creatures. This was also a lot of deep cut next gen references with the menagerie. What's next? Right. Bob, we have Something Borrowed, Something Green. This one dealt with the Ryan marriage, and we had the Mark Twain holodeck program. This is one of the marquee episodes of the season in terms of plot and also gave me the Mark Twain holodeck program, which is my favorite gag, which is how Boimler and Rutherford settle their disputes. Next up, we have Pathological Fallacies. Uh, this is the one where we have the three uh, middle-aged Betazoid party ambassadors come onto the ship and things go wrong. Initially, everybody assumes it's because of the Betazoids, but actually it's because of something going on with Talin. And my favorite detail from this episode is this is the episode where Dr. Tiana really wants to eat the Betazoids because <laughs> that's what Cations used to do to Betazoids. That, that was the best line in that whole episode. After What's that, Bob, we've got Parth Ferengi's Heart Place. Which has the Cerritos visiting Ferengar, and we get to return Ferengi to Ferenginar. You know, they're trying to be accepted to the Federation, and they're having to go through these yeah. deals. Basically, Rom tries to barter with Captain Freeman the whole episode, and 
Boimler goes and starts watching their television programming, which is reality TV for Frankie. For rubes like Matt, you're excited by the Rom and the Lita appearances. For professionals like Bob, you're excited that Boimler is watching the cop landlord show. They show up to your business and kick you out or evict you. <laughs> Evictions on demand. Uh, so this episode was hilarious. And you had the whole Tindy Rutherford subplot. Just going back to Ferenginar was awesome because we saw that in DS9. Looks the same, has the same feel. It just expanded on it. It's still yeah. Seattle. The next in the great category, we have a few badgies more. That's the one where uh, Rutherford's son, uh, Badgie, returns. And it wraps up the evil computer plots that have been running on this show since at least season two. Uh, we get Matt's favorite joke of the season, the introduction of Goodgie, uh, Badgie's uh, good twin. Without the Goodgie piece, I would probably put this episode in the okay. But the Goodgie saved it. One of the few puns that's really good. After that, Bob, we had Caves. Uh, this was a controversial episode that we watched, if you go back and look at our coverage, but we did like the uh, Vendorians coming back from the uh, animated series. This episode was primarily an anthology episode, and the yeah. plots that are within the anthology are kind of forgettable, with the exception of Rutherford giving birth. He and Dr. Tiana have a cave, baby. All the other little stories, yeah, they're okay. And the overarching piece was to make sure we got them all together to show that they're still friends, even though they've been promoted. That's our great classification. In the okay or interesting or important without being great category, uh, I put the Cradle of Salon there first. That's another Evil Computers episode. It also has some worries where our Fantastic Four of Rutherford, Tendi, Mariner, and Boimler are worried about being hazed as new Lieutenant JGs. Uh, it wasn't bad by any means, but something needed to be in the okay, and Cradle of Exelon belonged there. This episode is one of the few in this season that I had trouble remembering what happened. We figured out that there's something called like the Black Mountain mythology <laughs> been running throughout the whole show, and this was key for that because a Boimler dies during the confrontation with Vexalon, and he he's revived by Doctor T. But while he's dead, he's sitting in a, the Black Lodge from Twin Peaks, and there's a Black Mountain out the window. That Black Mountain is the Paramount Plus logo, <laughs> which I don't necessarily think is what they're going for, but maybe it's what they're going for. Matt, what's the other thing that goes into the OK category? This is where I was talking earlier. The finale had some interesting ideas. Here we mean both parts of the finale. The two-parter had some interesting ideas. I just don't think the execution was done well. And uh, it just wasn't as entertaining as I expected. That's pretty much it. I talked a little bit about this in our coverage of the episode. It didn't have that finale feel. It wasn't bad by any means. Not bad. Definitely not a dumpster fire, but I wouldn't call yeah, it great. Not. You have to have a lot of knowledge of Star Trek minutia to get some of the stuff <laughs> if you don't know who nick the carno is a lot of dependence on two particular next gen episodes the lower decks episode of next gen is the first duty is the starfleet academy episode of next gen matt overall what was your favorite episode this season my favorite episode bob was honestly parth ferengi's heart place so many funny little pieces to that episode and i just like the ferengi in general thanks to ds9 and it's primarily urban shimmerman he needs to just take <laughs> credit for it all on huh? It's a very funny episode. I can't say it's my favorite because Rom. You hate so, Rom. I do hate Rom. Uh, I'll give it to Tuvix. Uh, I watched a lot of Voyager on UPN back in the day, and it's nice that an animation cartoon uh, 20 years later is paying off all those Wednesday nights I spent <laughs> in front of the TV. 
Bob likes that all that hard work he put in is finally paying off when he watches the, a different I, TV show. 20 years later, it, that's a cartoon. I, I put in the hard yards, Matt, the hard yards. I watched Voyager. You're like right, me Matt. thinking I'm awesome because I watched the Firewalk with me, uh, the other version. You watched the one where they put the missing pieces back in? Yes, the missing pieces. Now I have all this great information when I go back and watch The Return. I believe that's what's uh, referred to as the Blue Rose Cut. Matt, what was your least favorite episode this season? I'm going to have to go with the first part of the season finale. It's called Inner Fight. Play off the episode Inner Light, but not as good in my opinion. In hindsight, also not much like uh, the Inner Light episode at all either. It just changed the tone too much because Mariner became this character you're supposed to be sympathetic for. And I didn't feel that throughout the season. Maybe they were trying to do that throughout the season, but it didn't click. We may be coming out of this as a culture... But it is a deep curse on the culture that every protagonist from, say, 2013 to now has to have a traumatic backstory and some sort of mental illness. I think we're getting past that as a culture, but man, it creates some rough television sometimes. It's hard sometimes for me to imagine that Mariner involved with all these other characters. It's and just weird that they, everybody seems to know everyone else. Even the most it, randomest yeah. character on TNG with Cedo. He was friends with Mariner. Ha- the show has seeded that Mariner is older than the other three in the Fantastic Four. On one level, I would almost dig this because it's a metatextual joke. The original inspiration for the show is that one episode of the last season of Star Trek uh, called Lower Decks. It's a nice meta joke for Mariner to be friends with Cedo from Lower Decks. And that should work for me, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work for me. Like you say, it makes the universe feel small and overcrowded. What if Mariner meets Spock at some point? Or, uh, I, I just don't want these these characters to meet every single character in well, Star Trek. Ever. Mar- Mariner has met Spock, man. She has. Strange New Worlds. <laughs> They've met everybody. If Mariner meets Picard, that's probably what's coming next. No, no, go Enterprise and Discovery. Every episode of the show is a Next Generation homage. <laughs> they don't need to make it that more specific. All right, Matt, so what surprised you in this season? I was bummed by the season finale. It wasn't as big as I expected. I mentioned that earlier. The Nick Locarno stuff, the buildup to the mystery was interesting. But then the reveal of Nick Locarno was not as cool as we wanted. I, I was a little worried because I thought season three was in a slight rut. Not that it wasn't good, but just that the jokes were getting pretty tired. And the Fantastic Four are so well-defined as characters. That's why I really want the show to branch out. But it didn't branch out like I'd hoped it would after season three. But the quality did improve, even though there were things I had problems with, like Mariner's backstory and the the season four mystery arc and the evil computer arc left good stuff on the table that they could have explored. We would have enjoyed Lacarna being the villain more if it had been less about him being connected to Cito and Mariner and it had been more a bunch of evil Tom Paris jokes. They did make a reference in that episode. That's a missed opportunity, because could you imagine how they put Tom Paris and Lacardo in the same room together? Maybe this wouldn't have worked, but if they had had like an evil version of Harry Kim to be Lacardo's sidekick. I thought Harry Kim was going to show up at some point. He would have been upset that he never went up in the ranks. Maybe they couldn't get uh, the guy who plays Harry Kim. He maybe wouldn't be cool when Harry goes evil. But uh, if you had a gag where he's voicing Harry's mirror universe or evil doppelganger, that could have been funny. Matt, who would you say was uh, your favorite or best developed or most interesting character of the season? Giving it to Tindy Bob because they've come a long way with Orion representation. That's a very respectable choice. Uh, I'm going to give it to Rutherford just because I've previously not been a huge fan of Rutherford. I think it was the Tron plot from season three that I really didn't dig. 
But uh, the stuff they did with him this season was pretty fun. The Mark Twain stuff, uh, all the jokes about him being a father to both Badgie and to the cave baby. Well, a father and a mother to the cave baby. I, I really liked it, Rutherford, this season. You're talking about when Rutherford was dealing with his previous programming. His original to... personality. I, I didn't like that flaw either. I know you hated it. Of the Fantastic Four, Matt, who's your least favorite major character? I hate to say it, Bob. I love Mariner, but man, this season was not her season. They took her character in, in weird directions. I've always seen her as more of like a badass, and this just changed her character too much for me. I get that. I I wouldn't put her as my, my least, but some of the directions they took with her this season were rough. I hope that we're past them now. I hope that we can explore other facets of uh, her in season five. Maybe we can still have her go be um, a lesbian archaeologist, but uh, I'll give it to Boimler as ever. I'm never going to like Boimler, so. <laughs> Next season, Bob, Mariner's going to meet Data. Sometimes I wonder never... if they have a dartboard and they just throw a dart and see what it lands on and say, how can we make this work? <laughs> Who is your uh, favorite minor character this season? Bounty Hunter Billups, Bob. When I first read this last night, I wasn't sure what you were talking about. Is that part one of the finale where Billups disguises himself Princess Leia style as a bounty hunter? Correct. To, uh, yeah, get the information that Freeman needs from the Moss Eisley stand-in. I did not expect it to be Billups, but then it made so much sense when he did take the helmet off. I was like, oh yeah. He's a cosplay dude. <laughs> he would own the, the Mandalorian outfit. <laughs> Didn't we see him in something similar to Leia's gold bikini back in season two where we visited his Renaissance Fair homeworld? Oh, we did. He truly is the Leia of the ship. I'll give it this season to uh, not Tayana, which is who I usually give it to, but I'll specifically give it to her hunger for Betazoid flesh. <laughs> they need to have like Troy show up and Tayana's chewing on her. That would be hilarious. Or her turn her down because she's half human and Troy gets offended. Yeah, she doesn't taste right. What if we get this thing where Troy's a cake? Yeah. Tiana's eating a slice <laughs> and she spits it out because it's half human. You're welcome, Lower Decks. I wrote a joke for yeah. you. Checks in the mail, baby. Matt, who is your least favorite minor character this season? Badgie got on my nerves this season. I don't know why. But he wasn't love, the same. But you love Goodgie, Matt. I love Goodgie. Just Badgie's annoying as hell. And he was funnier <laughs> the first time around. At least it seems like Badgie's done. They might bring him back, but it seems like he's done. That is one thing about Lower Decks. They're, they always go back. They've made sequels to their other episodes in previous seasons. I feel like the sequels this season feel more definitive. We could see more of them, but I don't necessarily expect we're going to be seeing more of Agamus or uh, Peanut Hamper or uh, Badgie. They were fun. Anyway, my least favorite minor character would be Rom, which I capitalized in the notes to express that I was screaming Rom. But when I capitalized it, I realized, oh, yeah, that does seem like an evil computer name. But I thought, too, I was like, is that one from the season? Maybe that's how they'll bring the plots back together. In season five, Lita will upload Rom into a computer, and the stupidest man and the smartest computer will create the most evil computer. Bob, they just send you a check, too. We've got season five already plotted out. Any wasted potential this season? The Badgie episode was not as funny as the previous Dark AI episodes. Uh, I did mention, too, that Caves, you know, you could have... Those plots could have been fleshed out in the full episodes if they wanted to do that. I feel like yeah, they crammed yeah. them into this anthology. Sometimes it feels like 10 episodes is too many, and then sometimes it feels like 10 episodes is too few. The evil computer plot wrapped up so quickly, but it was still not a bad way to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. My biggest disappointment, and I mentioned this uh, a lot in our season three recap, is that I really enjoyed how relatively experimental the Peanut Hamper Does Avatar episode was <laughs> in late season three. And I wanted more stuff like that. More side character focus, more strange stories. And they didn't do that this season so i was a little disappointed bob we're gonna move into some listing here you do this every time we have a, a season recap we're gonna rank the captains so, i want to hear your captain ranking 
And then I'm going to ask you about it because I don't agree with it. This is pretty much always the ranking I do, but it's uh, Cisco on top, Janeway number two, uh, Pike number three, Strange New Worlds has moved him way the hell. Kirk, then Freeman, then Sheridan from Babylon 5, uh, then Picard, which you're probably going to give me crap for. Picard, the show sucks so bad. There have to be um, consequences. <laughs> and then Archer is next, and then Burnham is uh, next. Uh, conceivably, the final season of Discovery could bump uh, Burnham up a little, but I'm still really bitter about the season four finale, so she stays below Archer for the moment. And then at the bottom, never to be displaced, the kid from Prodigy. You love to put Freeman so high up, and I don't know why. I still don't know why. And I think she's charming and funny, but it's more just that you don't like Picard. Archer, I think most people admit, is not a great character. And Sheridan's not bad, but he's he's a little annoying sometimes. So it, it's not really the achievement you think it is to displace Sheridan, Picard, and Archer. You do have Janeway higher up, but I just haven't watched enough of Voyager. Voyager is not a great show, but... Janeway is a great captain. Pike's going to have to do a lot of work to ever displace Janeway in my heart. When the Picard movie comes out in a couple of years, hopefully Picard will go back up. I, I bet that movie is aiming to put Picard below the kid from Prodigy. <laughs> They're going to have a CGI version of the kid from Prodigy on Picard. It's uh, going to be awesome. You're going to look at the previous four Picard movies, and you're going to tell me that uh, Picard has a good track record in motion pictures, Matt. <laughs> Picard 5 is going to be his equivalent to uh, Kirk's uh, The Final Frontier. You think that's what's going to put him back over? <laughs> I really do, Bob. I think the Enterprise D needs one more adventure. I'm kidding. Do you, do you want to offer a counter series of rankings, Matt, for the captains? Mine, Bob, is pretty much the same, except I usually put Janeway further down. I'm going to go Cisco, Picard, Pike, Janeway, Kirk, Sheridan, Freeman, Archer, Burnham, and the kid from Prodigy. Even after two great seasons of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and even after three terrible seasons of Picard, you're still going to put Picard ahead of Pike. It's about them being captains, Bob, not about their show. Say we get three more incredible seasons of Strange New Worlds. Will Pike maybe displace Picard for you then? Pike's on a roll. Pike's shooting up there. I don't think Pike's going to overtake Cisco at any point, but he's getting there. Here's hoping it gets uh, seven seasons, hopefully at least five, like Disco. Let's start ranking these seasons of Lower Decks. Season two was the absolute best season without a doubt. Season one was great, but they were still finding their ground, and some of the stuff was funny. Even we as viewers weren't really sure how to take it. I, I feel like season three and four are excellent, but I'd give the edge to season four, so three would go at the bottom. But three and four okay. to me are on the same level. To confirm, you're saying two, one, four, three? Okay, yeah, that's fair. I, I'm saying uh, two, four, one, three. I agree with everything you've said, but I don't know. I, I need to rewatch season one, and eventually our goal here is to, when, when we know we have the final season of Lower Decks coming, we'll cover that along with the first season so we can look at what's changed, what's not changed. So it's been a while since I've seen the first season, but the first season had more misses in terms of episodes than season four did. But maybe my memory is deceptive on that point. Good talking about a, a great season of television, even if we were a little disappointed in in small places, but looking forward to covering season five with you probably next year, maybe 2025, hopefully 2024. This has been Uncanny Tracks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening.